Good morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. It is a delight to have you with us on this Monday morning, trying to bring some sunshine into what uh, at least the second half of the weekend was pretty gloomy, pretty rainy. And uh, not a lot of snow around here. A little bit uh, more snow up north, but uh, just rain here. I saw there was like two and a half inches of rain uh, in Hooksett over the weekend. Pretty much the same totals for uh, Concord and and Manchester as well as uh, some heavy rain pushed through New Hampshire and some snow. In fact, there's still a flood watch uh, in effect through Monday evening for much of the uh, central and southern parts of New Hampshire, including uh, portions of Carroll, Grafton, Sullivan, Merrimack, Stratford, Cheshire, Hillsborough, and Rockingham counties. Meanwhile, a uh, winter storm warning is in effect for northern Coas County until 7 p.m. While winter weather advisories are in effect south of that area and through the northwestern corner of the state. But uh, here in the capital region, uh, in the Manchester area, uh, it is just rain that we have to concern ourselves with. And, uh, and plenty of it and mild temperatures over the weekend. It was, it was almost spring-like uh, in New England uh, o- over the weekend. At any rate, uh, we are presented by Northeast Delta Dental with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. Lots going on in the world over the weekend, but uh, probably the biggest news, because everybody has been anticipating what would happen. Nobody really had a clue uh, because his uh, because his camp was very secretive about negotiations, but Shohei Otani, Shohei Otani has found himself a new home, which was pretty much his old home, uh, Los Angeles. But he's no longer an angel. He's a Dodger. So Shohei Otani has signed probably the richest contract in the history, not probably, it is the largest contract in the history of North American sports uh, anyway. And it's right up there with uh, Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, a couple of soccer players. And because uh, those, those soccer guys are, are, are paid uh, incredible sums of money, uh, as are you know, most North American athletes. But they're just paid a little bit more over there. Uh, along with Patrick Mahomes, but even this contract is uh, larger than uh, Patrick Mahomes. And as uh, David Brandt, an Associated Press baseball writer, wrote, it's in today's Concord Monitor, he says, in terms of his marketability, experts point to another name, not in the sports world, technically. The real comparison, they say, is Taylor Swift is how you should compare Shoei Otani. I mean, after all, sports is the entertainment business. Nobody has made more money in entertainment in recent years than Taylor Swift. And no one will be making more money in years to come than Shoei Otani. 
And, I mean, deservedly so. I mean, if, if, if there's going to be highest uh, paid player in baseball, of course, it should be Shohei Otani. I mean, he's the only one that can, can do what he does. Uh, he pitches in a starting rotation and is one of the top hitters, if not the best hitter in baseball. I mean, it's remarkable. We've never seen the like of it over an extended period of time. I know people will say, well, Babe Ruth did that. That was, you know, we're talking about over 100 years ago now. Let's uh, let's focus on <laughs> the last 50, all right? Nobody has even come close to doing what Shohei Otani has done. In effect, he's two players. He's two players in one. So he deserves nearly twice the salary that the highest paid baseball players are making these days. So he gets $70 million a year for 10 years for the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, I mean, wherever he lives, Malibu or, you know, you, you name one of the uh, the Tony areas in the L.A. area, doesn't have, he doesn't even have to move. He doesn't have to, you know, even, uh, you know, get a, a, a moving truck to move to another part of the country. So he's going to stay in L.A., except he goes from the Angels to the Dodgers, which, in terms of baseball uh, at large, it's a good move because the Angels are light years away from making the playoffs. Even with Otani and Mike Trout, arguably the two top players in baseball. There's no doubt that Otani is the top player in baseball. You could argue about whether Mike Trout is second, third, fourth, whatever. But he's right up there. They couldn't do anything in the six years they played together with the Angels because it's a terrible organization. I think they're a jinxed franchise, and they ain't going anywhere soon. The Dodgers, on the other hand, a different story. I mean, they are perennially in the postseason, at least, at the very least, people are going to see Shohei Otani in a playoff game or several playoff games, however long the Dodgers' playoff run goes uh, for the next 10 years. Because you would never, you're never going to see him in the postseason uh, with the Angels. Mike Trout, 13 years an Angel. You know how many playoff games he's appeared in? Three in 13 years, and they lost them all. And he didn't play very well in those three playoff games either. But nonetheless, he's only had three games in the postseason in 13 years with the Angels. Uh, That would have been, the the worst thing for baseball would have been for Shohei Otani to sign back with the Angels. That would have been the absolute worst thing for baseball. I'm not saying this is the best thing for baseball, signing with the Dodgers. But you will see him in the postseason. You can almost guarantee it. I mean, even though the Dodgers are a little bit lacking in pitching and he can't pitch this season because of the offseason surgery, he will be able to be the DH. Can't play in the field anywhere. Uh, He won't be able to pitch, but he will be able to DH. Uh, And then he will pitch again, they say, in uh, 2025. 
So one of the years he won't be able to pitch, and then the rest, the following nine years, he will be able to pitch and hit on a regular basis. So there you go. But it's not the ultimate thing that could happen for baseball. It's it's better than being with the Angels. Being with the Dodgers is better for baseball than being with the Angels. But I I was hoping, and right up until the moment it was announced he was signing, even you know, some of the most informed baseball experts were saying that Shohei Otani was going to wind up as a member of the Toronto Blue Jays, which I thought would have been great. That would have been that would have been terrific. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, playing on a team that's in the Eastern Time Zone. I don't care if they're in the same division as the Red Sox. I mean, it's it's just great to see Otani on a regular basis. Now, once again, two-thirds of his games are going to be starting after 10.30 at night. And for the most part, he will be in oblivion to most of the East Coast and Central time zones as well. So, I mean, I, I, I was definitely hoping he would come to a team no farther west than Chicago. But he's back in L.A., and if you want to see him, you have to stay up well past your bedtime in most cases. But at least you will see him in the postseason. So the regular season, well, you, you won't see him very much. But in the postseason, he will be there. I guarantee you. Guarantee. There's a guaranteed lock, folks, that the L.A. Dodgers will be in the playoffs after the 24 season, 2024 season. How long they stay in the playoffs is another thing, but they will be there. All right, we'll take a break. John Leahy is going to join us. Right after that break, we have so much to talk about with John, and then we have John DeCosmo with us from the Ulta Lit Tree Company in Chicago. We talked to him last year. We'll talk to him again. He's a popular guy. We'll take a break. Kale and Company continues right after these words on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We shall be right back. Welcome back. Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com, as we welcome back our Hockey East guru for his regular Monday morning appearance. Good morning to you, John Leahy. Jim, uh, good morning to you. Well, I hope it was a good weekend for you. I know it was a busy one, uh, as as usual. I know uh, uh, you had the chance to to get on the the Yale campus uh, earlier this weekend. Yeah, I did. Uh, I had a chance to go down to Yale and watch the Merrimack men's team play. Uh, not a good performance by the Warriors. They lost to Yale five uh, two, but uh, to be able to. See that uh, venerable barn down in New Haven was fun. Uh, I got to cross that off my list. So, uh, yeah, whenever you see new places, Ken, it's always a it's always a fun time. No, no doubt about that. And uh, John, you saw another new place last week, last Wednesday to be specific, 
the Bank of New Hampshire stage where uh, you performed and uh, entertained the crowd on hand for the uh, open mic night. And uh, it was a, a very enjoyable experience. Yeah, it sure was, Ken. Uh, you know, anytime you can have the opportunity to play on a stage uh, and uh, play in front of people and uh, play in front of a balcony, uh, that's uh, that's a great thrill. Um, I felt like I was at the Grand Old Opry, to be honest with you. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it was a fantastic time, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, certainly that's a venue that, uh, that I would enjoy playing at again in the future. Well, if you want to see uh, pictures and uh, videos of John's appearance, you can uh, go on his Facebook page, because I know they're there, uh, John. Yes, indeed they are. Uh, that was a moment that was certainly worth capturing, and uh, I want to thank you and uh, our friend uh, Jay Arsenal for the photos and videos, and uh, yes, they are posted, so it was a wonderful time. It was great. Uh, nice crowd on hand. They have the open mic there uh, the first Wednesday of every month. And uh, John, uh, you know, he's a busy guy, especially at this time of the year, and uh, found a little bit of time in his schedule to join us in Concord. And uh, we had a lot of fun and uh, some, some great acts as well, in addition to John. So uh, check it out. Uh, the one thing I think we should warn people about, as far as that open mic is concerned, is that uh, they have uh, have you put your name in a hat, as it were, uh, at six thirty, and then they uh, or before six thirty, and then at six thirty they will draw the names of those people who will be performing uh, that night. So just because you show up uh, does not necessarily mean uh, that uh, that you're going to play. And I, we were all keeping our fingers crossed for John because uh, uh, John came in, uh, you know, he was uh, flown in at no expense as usual. And and we certainly wanted uh, John to have the opportunity to play. And fortunately, uh, he was uh, he was picked out of the hat and uh, did get his chance. So you get, uh, John, the, the parameters are three songs or, or 15 minutes, correct? Yeah, that's right, and that is that's usually the case of most places you yeah. go to because so many people want to play, and they they do that. They limit the songs just to uh, make sure that everybody has a chance to get up there. So um, that's the only drawback of open mic. I mean, you're up there, you want to play for yeah <laughs> half an hour to an hour, but you know it's just not possible. So you got to make the best of the time that you have. That's all you can do, John, and that that's true about our lives in general, right? Make the best of it for the time we have, right? <laughs> and and, yes, and any time I go to one of these open mics, I, I mean, uh, I, I just uh, can't get over the talent that, that's out there. Uh, really, it, it is amazing to, to see, uh, you know, and these, these people, all of them do other things in life like John. But you have incredible musical talent. It's, it's just uh, really something to see. Yeah, if you have the opportunity to have. Uh, a showcase or a stage to to uh, perform on in front of people. You know that's that's great. That's important. I'm always grateful for open mics, and I'm grateful to you for alerting me to this opportunity. And, and as you said, uh, you know there is no guarantee that that you'll go up and play. So you know I was fortunate enough to be chosen, and I went up second, and uh, that was good just to uh, get up there early and. You know, get a lay of the land, so to speak. But no, it was a, it was an enjoyable experience, and uh, it, it was terrific. 
Well, it was, and I uh, hope you come back soon. I know your, your schedule is busy, but uh, come back uh, anytime, and uh, uh, it's, it's a great venue for an open mic. There's no doubt about that. I also understand that uh, the finished product of, of your book, Living a King's Life, is going to be a, uh, available soon to the general public. Yeah, it's been a long process. Uh, I originally wrote the book several years ago, but I, I made uh, arrangements to get it republished, and uh, it is at the press now. I mean, the uh, all the artwork is done, the cover work is done, the content is done. There, uh, at, it's at the publisher now, so at the, the the press area now. So, uh, I'm expecting, hopefully, that uh, the book will be ready to be on sale in February. So. Uh, that's exciting. That's one of two books that are coming out. My hockey book, uh, Breakaway Wisdom, which was a, is a Hockey East book. Uh, that's not too far behind uh, Living a King's Life. So uh, I'm excited for these books to come out there. I worked hard to write them, and uh, pretty soon the whole world will be able to purchase them. What a renaissance man he is. I, I mean, uh, you know, a hockey and, and sports broadcaster, uh, talented musician, and, and author, I mean, John, you you are the definition of a Renaissance man. There's no question about it. And, uh, and, I don't know if I'd go that far, can you? No, you're, you're, I, no I, I would go that far. I, I would go I would go that far. You, you wouldn't because you're a modest guy, but I, I will go that far and call you a true uh, Renaissance man. And, uh, you know, John is involved uh, in, in a lot of things and does them all well. And he has been the longtime voice of Merrimack College uh, Warriors hockey. And uh, you mentioned uh, they did not fare that well in New Haven against Yale. I know you broadcast another game uh, over the weekend uh, at Boston College. Yeah, it was great. Uh, That was the only men's hockey's game uh, head-to-head this week. A terrific game between Providence and Boston College. Two uh, nationally ranked teams that went head-to-head. Uh, uh, BC jumped out to a two nothing lead. Providence would fight back to go ahead three to two, and then uh, thirty one seconds later, BC would tie it. It was a back and forth affair, and uh, the Friars pulled the goaltender. They scored with about eleven seconds left to make it a five four game. And uh, interesting uh, development there, Ken. Uh, after Providence scored to make it five four with eleven seconds left, Friars coach Nate Lehman had uh, pulled the goaltender with the faceoff at center right. Wow! You know you don't see that. Oh, no, you don't. You do not. Uh, but uh, they, they took a chance. They were going to win the faceoff and bring the puck into the offensive zone, which they did, uh, but they couldn't get uh, that tying goal. But uh, really terrific game between the Friars and the Eagles. BC won at 5-4, so BC picked up the crucial three points, and uh, they're going to go into the break four points behind BU uh, for the top spot in Hockey East, and Providence will go into the break uh, at number four. But... Really terrific game to call at the Heights on Saturday. Oh, yeah, I'll bet it was. And I know uh, UNH won its only game of the weekend, uh, one to nothing over RPI. Uh, what about on the women's side of the ledger? Yeah, so on the women's side, uh, they have uh, headed to break. Uh, there were some games last weekend. Uh, BU uh, was the team of the week for me as the Terriers won a pair of games uh, as they beat Holy Cross and Providence. Uh, Vermont won their only game. Uh, of the weekend, uh, Maine won their only game, and the uh, PC split. Merrimack, Holy Cross, uh, both losing the only games they played. So uh, the women are on the break now. Uh, BC and UConn tied for the top spot. Uh, Twenty-eight Northeastern is playing better. They're in uh, tied for second with uh, Vermont and UNH. So you have a three-way tie there. And then 
You got uh, BU, Maine, and Providence, and Merrimack are right behind. And uh, UNH lost to Brown uh, on uh, a couple of days ago. Four to, actually, that was yesterday, 4-2 to two loss. And uh, so the Wildcats, uh, I think both teams are in pretty good shape up in Durham. I know the men are uh, nationally ranked. As we uh, head to the break here, the Wildcats uh, are uh, 12th in the pair-wise, pair which would get them an NCAA berth if the season ended right now. And uh, they're 16th in the poll, also in both the major polls. The new polls are coming out today. But uh, we are pretty much at the break. Uh, we just had two men's games this week. Ken Vermont plays two at Long Island, and then everybody will be on break. All right, but not us. Not us, John. We continue to journey on and uh, and work each and every day, or at least most of them. All right, John, I just have one quick question for you. Where, where did you want to see Shohei Otani wind up? Did you have a choice? Well, once I found out he wasn't coming to the Red Sox, uh, I pretty much uh, lost interest. I, I heard maybe Toronto was an option. But uh, I guess he's staying in Tinseltown, and he certainly broke the bank, so... Uh, I don't think we'll get to see him too much with him being on the West Coast. But. I know. See, that's the problem. I mean, that's why I was hoping anywhere like Chicago or East would have been much better, in my opinion. But that's me. At least we'll see him in the postseason now. At least he'll be in the postseason. Yeah, he and Mookie are teammates now, so yep. that should be It will be. And and don't forget Freddie Freeman, too. Right. Yeah, there you right. go. I mean, what what uh, that, what a team they've assembled. Except they, they don't have much pitching. But beyond that, uh, we'll, we'll see. But I think they'll make the playoffs anyway. John yeah. Leahy, thanks so much. As always, have a great week. And I don't care if there's any hockey action at all uh, next weekend. I still want you to call in. All right, Ken. I appreciate that very much. And uh, as always, I appreciate the opportunity. All right, John. It is my pleasure. John Leahy, our hockey East guru. Have a great week, John. There he goes, John Leahy. We have another John coming up. John DeCosmo coming up right after the break. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Kale and Company Live here on WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We are presented by... Northeast Delta Dental. And if you need a little Christmas right this very minute, we have just the man for you. A gentleman who was with us uh, last year around this uh, this time of year. And we welcome back to the show John DeCosmo. John, Merry Christmas to you. And the same to you. And John is the president of the Ultalit uh, Tree Company. And uh, John was with us uh, last year and was kind enough to send us uh, some of his product. And for all those uh, who use their Christmas tree oil diffusers and their uh, scent keeper uh, room spray, uh, well, they the reviews, John, I will tell you, were absolutely outstanding. In fact... We have a, a little a scent. Uh, your, your scent is in the studio, and it has been for like a week now here at WKXL. Oh, that's good. We're, yeah. we're proud of it. But you, well, you should be. It's, it's a great product and, uh, and enjoyed by, uh, by so many. But, John, for those who weren't with us uh, last year at this time, just tell us a little bit about uh, the origins of, of your company and, uh, and where it is today. Certainly, uh a company I started in 1996, 
uh, Christmas trees is in my blood. When I was born, my father was a maker of uh, Christmas trees, artificial, and ladies' curler brushes. And I don't know that all your listeners will remember those, but uh, a good portion should. Anyway, I start this company, and I'm one of only two in the country that are bringing in pre-lit Christmas trees from China. So they're beautiful, and, and they're great, and we're growing the company until in 1999, 100% of my trees are defective. And, and this is all we do. So we bring them in, we plug them in, they're burning white hot, super bright. We're in trouble. We knew it, and... Uh, Shortly, the next year, I'm working with an inventor, with an engineer who happens to be an inventor, and he and I developed the Lightkeeper, the original model. And we get going on that, and shortly thereafter, I got out of the tree business to concentrate on these repair tools. In 2012, and working with another inventor engineer, we developed the LED Keeper for LED light set repair. And I understand, uh, if this is still true, the only tool to diagnose and repair uh, LED light sets. This is a fact. There's a bad imitation out there in two stores only this year. And and, uh, just read the reviews. It's not going to help you. We're fortunate enough to be the company that that helps. We've sold over 6 million tools. We've spent over $6 million in advertising, promoting these tools across the country well that that is uh, quite an investment but uh, I, I I tell you what uh, there there are so many uh, uh, trees out there the pre-lit trees that they seem to be more popular than ever John is that true oh so true you got a figure if three trees now I think New Hampshire is going to have different results but if three families have a tree one of them is using a real tree and two are using artificial. That's the, the average across the country, with 30 million real trees cut every year. The pre-lit, what it did with all of its convenience, it, it really it really increased the market penetration for the artificial tree user. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's uh, so easy, you know. Uh, I have one in, in my home for the first time this year. A pre-lit tree, and uh, and 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 really, it it, it made it made it you know, ten times easier. And uh, but you know, you you are well aware uh, that 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 things sometimes do go wrong. Nothing's gone wrong with mine yet, but you know, there's always that potential, right? Oh, it it happens. <sighs> okay, today you can go out and, and get a 100 light set. Incandescent. In some stores for under $3, you can get a 100 light set in uh, in many stores for about six uh, LED for about $6. We're getting tremendous value, but the design is such that if there's one interruption in the series, such as a bulb falling out or a squirrel chewing through a wire, <laughs> if there's an interrupt... <laughs> We're, that light set is going to go out. I mean, we're, uh, we did get what we paid for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I mean, the thing about it, uh, the one the one I have anyways is uh, one that, you know, the flashes the lights, you know, and uh, you get, get different, uh, you know, designs with the lights, different colors are, are flashing. I could never do that on my own. 
I, I, you know, I, I'm not, you know, really. And and if I did, it would it would take forever. It would, you know, it would, uh, you know, probably, uh, you know, ruin the holiday for me because it would take so long. But these, you you probably you probably have an LED tree. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And a lot of those LED trees that put on the light show can be solid white, or it can be solid multicolor, or it can put on a light show. Right. But because you can do clear and multi, that tree is often called the marriage saver. <laughs> yeah, I can see why. <laughs> but uh, no, at any rate, it, it's it's been great. And uh, it, but I but I know if, if something breaks down on that uh, LED lit, lit tree, uh, I know where to go now. <laughs> the number one piece of advice. This is important. All right. Still today, still today, a lot of incandescent cells, uh, uh, not as much as it used to, and, and of course, a lot of LED cells. When you see a burned-out bulb, particularly with incandescent, replace the bulbs as they burn out. If you put four burned-out bulbs into a 50-light set of, of an incandescent light set, it increases the demise of that set by 63%. Ah, Extra voltage is going to the other bulbs. They start to get brighter, and and then they do fail. Uh, so you can help yourself in that way. Wow. Well, that's that's good advice. You know, if, if somebody's listening to the show uh, this morning, and and they, if they garner one piece of advice, that that would be a, a good thing. And uh, they got it. They got it from the best, uh, John DeCosmo. And uh, John's been around a, a long time and uh, knows of uh, what he speaks. And uh, the uh, Altalit uh, company has been around, as you said, so since 1996. 1996. Yeah. yeah. And uh, a lot of uh, developments uh, since that time. And and I, I bet uh, around this time of the year, the business is pretty brisk. Oh, it was another big weekend. Uh uh, out there as uh, as all of us get ready for uh, the big day uh, two weeks from today. Yeah, uh, no doubt about that. Uh, it's coming right up, folks. <laughs> as John said, two weeks from today, that really hits you, you know, uh, because you know, if for those of us who hasn't haven't even started our shopping yet, it's only two weeks, folks. But uh, again, you know, we we talked about. Uh, the, the the scent that uh, the scent keeper that that you have and uh, I, I tell you the uh, Christmas tree oil uh, diffusers are are terrific as well. How can folks uh, listening uh, get a hold of, of, of those items? Okay, so uh, um, the, the uh, easiest way there, there's a uh, there's a dozen coming your way today for some giveaways. Oh my goodness! Uh, uh, and, and they're gonna like them if you go to scentkeeper.com scent-keeper.com you'll find this product the charm of it is a little different thinking than reeds reed sticks we put in a, in a bathroom and they bring small quantities of fragrance out through the, the sticks sufficient for the size of a bathroom we determined that we wanted to make a room fragrance. Yep. And what we came up with was this paper tree, Christmas tree, that is placed in the oil. Within one hour, you'll see the oil start to come up the tree. Within 24 hours, the tree will have changed colors. And, and what happens for the next 
45 days is it's pulling that oil, one half ounce of oil, it's pulling it out of the bottle and putting it into the air beautifully. It's a fragrance that we discovered in 2016, and everybody has loved it for each of the seven years. Yeah. But it was only last year that we came up with this concept of how to make a better reed. Now, and uh, you have uh, perfected it. And, uh, and, and, and folks, again, it's scent, S-C-E-N-T-Keeper.com. Uh, or as John said, maybe uh, you can win one from us. You never know. And also, lightkeeperpro.com is another way to find out more about the uh, Ultalit uh, Tree Company. And, John, always a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, thanks for all you do, and uh, Merry Christmas to you and uh, your entire staff. And, and the same to you and yours. Thank you, John. Have a great one. It's John, John DeCosmo, the president of uh, Ultalit uh, Tree Company. Great to have you with us today. Kale and Company Live, WKXLNHTalkRadio.com. Brought to you by Northeast Delta Dental. We will be right back. Don't you go anywhere. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company Live right here on WKXL. NHTalkRadio.com. We're located at 1450 on the AM dials, as we have been now since 1946. Wow. Uh, 103.9 FM in the Capital Region. 101.9 FM in Manchester and well beyond. And always great to have you with us. We're presented by Northeast Delta Dental. And, uh, boy, the local uh, basketball season is underway. The local hockey season will begin uh, Wednesday. Concord High Crimson Tide will uh, be at home at Everett Arena Wednesday night to take on Wyndham. And uh, Dunk Walsh, who has uh, been with the Crimson Tide a long time, won many championships, he'll be with us on, uh, on Wednesday morning to preview his season coming up at kind of a... Uh, Rebuilding season, if you will, for the Crimson Tide in the post-Brooks Craig era, uh, who has gone on to Merrimack College uh, to play baseball, by the way. Uh, So uh, Dunk will join us at around 8.35 on Wednesday morning to uh, talk about uh, his his season coming up. A guest that we had on just a couple of weeks ago, you got news today that uh, Mark Hubbard, who uh, was an outstanding uh, head soccer coach at UNH and before that Southern New Hampshire University, and he signed a six-year contract extension to remain head coach at UNH in 2022. However, however, he was named to that same position at North Carolina State University on Saturday, according to their athletic director, Boo Corrigan. Now, North Carolina State went 6-9-3 this season, including a 1-5-2 record in the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference. Uh, Corrigan, the athletic director, said Mark has led his teams to championships and consistent, sustainable success during his coaching career. 
He prides himself on establishing a team-first culture, which makes him the perfect fit for the Wolfpack. I'm excited about the future of our men's soccer program under his leadership. And that uh, is going to be a big set of shoes to fill uh, for the UNH Wildcats because uh, Hubbard led UNH to a 13-3-4 record in their fifth consecutive America East regular season championship this season. Wildcats moved on to the third round of the NCAA men's tournament, losing to Clemson 1-0. First time that UNH had hosted a round of 16 matchup. Of course, UNH beat Syracuse 3-0 in the second round of this year's tournament. And uh, Hubbard said he is uh, deeply honored and thrilled to take on the role of the uh, next North Carolina Statehead men's soccer coach and join the Wolfpack of North Carolina State, but it's going to be a a big void uh, at UNH. So I'm sure a a national search is already underway for the successor to Mark Hubbard, who did such an incredible job at UNH and uh, won a national championship before that at uh, Southern New Hampshire University. So he is going to be missed in the uh, local a sports scene and a graduate of Oyster River High School in Durham. So, you know, he's got to leave home. He's heading south to uh, North Carolina State, and we wish him all the best. He has meant a lot to soccer in this region. How about uh, USC freshman Bronny James? He will probably be, uh, he, he probably won't be the best collegiate player. Uh, this year, this season, but he'll be the most talked about, I'm sure. Bronny James, the son of LeBron James, uh, yesterday made his debut for the Trojans of USC, hit a transition three-pointer, delivered a sensational chase-down block that looked very familiar, according to an ESPN article. And, of course, looking very familiar means it looks like something his dad has done over the years, time and time and time again. Had a steal and a free throw late in regulation during his long-awaited collegiate debut after suffering cardiac arrest less than five months ago. However, there's always a, a however, right? Long Beach State spoiled his return to the court with an 84-79 to upset win over USC in overtime at the Galen Center on Sunday. James finished with four points, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, and one block off the bench, uh, playing on a minutes restriction. 16 minutes, as as we mentioned. He's coming back from cardiac arrest. Uh, James said after the game, I just want to say I'm thankful for everything. He did not take questions. But uh, he did just uh, talk to the media briefly, said in his first comments to the media since suffering cardiac arrest at a USC practice on July 24th. He said, Mayo Clinic, uh, everything they helped me with, my parents, siblings, great support uh, in this uh, hard time in my life. I just want to give appreciation to everyone that's helped through this. Also, my coach, my teammates, all my other coaches, they've been with me since the start. And I just want to say that I'm thankful for them. 
Uh, James, who was 19, might not have gotten the win he was looking for, but being back on the court was everything for LeBron James and the James family. They, along with uh, L.A. Lakers Vice President of Basketball Operations and General Manager Rob Palinka, were among a sellout crowd of 9,806 on hand to watch the eldest son of the Lakers superstar. And it's been no secret that LeBron James would love to play with his son on the same court before his retirement from uh, the NBA. Uh, LeBron said his son's uh, collegiate debut made him both emotional and proud. He said that in an Instagram post on uh, Sunday night. Uh, James, Bronny James, his son was hospitalized for three days after the cardiac arrest. He underwent uh, a procedure to treat a congenital heart defect. He was cleared by doctors to return to basketball on November 30th, went through two consecutive full-contact practices for the first time this season on Thursday and Friday before playing on Sunday. So Bronny James uh, will be in the spotlight. You know that. All college basketball season long. And uh, we wish him well. And, you know, they're fun to see. I mean, uh, it doesn't happen very often that there is at least the potential for, you know, one of the greats of the game. Uh, LeBron James, like him or hate him. Uh, you know, uh, he's been a great player, all-time leading scorer in the NBA. And he would like to be able to stick around for a couple of years. And, you know, who says that, you know, at this point that Bronny has the ability, the talent uh, to play in the NBA. But if LeBron, as it is rumored, will go on to own an NBA franchise, perhaps an expansion franchise in Las Vegas, then I think he could probably pull a few strings and get Bronny on that roster. Uh, of course, LeBron and the Lakers on Saturday, as some of you know, won the first in-season NBA tournament. Lakers beating Indiana. I was rooting so hard for Indiana in that game, but it didn't work. Uh, the Lakers won it, and uh, they will always be remembered, by some anyway, as the first in-season NBA champions. So there you go. Celtics resume their play uh, tomorrow night against the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron's old club at, uh, at the TD Garden. In fact, two games coming up this week against Cleveland at TD Garden. All right, that will do it. Thanks to the Johns today, Leahy and DeCosmo for being with us tomorrow. Right at the top of the show, we will be chatting with Neil Levesque the executive director of the New Hampshire Institute of Politics at St. Anselm College. If you enjoyed today's program, tell a friend. If you didn't, uh, you know, don't say anything to anybody. We wish you a very uh, pleasant Monday. And remember, folks, always look on the bright side of life. Thanks for being with us.